Hi, I'm Ashley Cooley, a birth baby and sleep specialist and mom of three. There's so much information out there, right? This show is dedicated to helping you clear out the noise so you can figure out what will work best for your baby and your family. Having worked with countless families over the years, including my own, the information and strategies I'll share are based on these experiences, my extensive training, and we're even going to back it all up with some science. My goal is to help you make informed decisions, and we're here to break down what it takes to raise well-adjusted, securely attached, and happy babies. If you're looking to learn more about your baby, gain more confidence in your parenting, and get as much sleep as you can through it all, you've come to the right place. Bringing up baby is about to get a little easier. To swaddle or not to swaddle? That is a big question that so many parents are asking these days, and they have every right to. Everywhere you look, and whoever you ask, you'll probably get a different answer. Did you swaddle your baby? Oh, they did one arm out. We should do one arm out. And why are some hospital staff still swaddling, but then telling you not to do it when you go home? Swaddling infants has been happening for centuries, but there has been a growing controversy about its safety. It's not that it's illegal or that it's one of those things that's not recommended, but it does pose some risks. And we're going to talk about those risks, but more importantly, how to minimize risk. Because the last thing anyone needs is to feel guilty for doing something that might actually be extremely helpful for their baby and how they choose to parent. But before we break down the ins and outs of swaddling, please know that I'm not going to tell you if you should swaddle or not. But what I am going to tell you is what the research says, what the evidence is when it comes to swaddling, and what you should keep in mind should you choose to swaddle. The rest is up to you, and I hope this conversation helps. So for all intents and purposes, let's define what swaddling actually is, shall we? As mentioned, swaddling has been a long-standing traditional practice of wrapping a baby gently in a blanket. Seems simple enough, but swaddling doesn't come without its challenges. In fact, here's what some of you actually had to say about the challenges of swaddling your little ones when I asked you not too long ago through my Instagram stories. Uh, And a lot of these were very similar, so I just broke them down into kind of the main areas. So here they are. Swaddling helped calm my baby. Swaddling didn't work for us, or we didn't choose to do it. We weren't shown how to do it because we were told not to do it. Here's a big one that was mentioned a number of times. Escape artists, babies breaking out of the swaddle. Uh, Another challenge being the transition out of the swaddle for some of you. Uh, That was challenging, but for others, the transition wasn't as bad as you thought it would be. So again, every baby is different. We have answers across the board here. Now let's address some of those. How does it work to calm babies? And what is the best way to swaddle should you choose to do it? So swaddling really is a tried and true way of calming babies because it helps recreate that womb-like situation, which has been shown to be very comforting for them. And yes, swaddling is safe when implemented correctly. While swaddling for short periods is generally fine, meaning baby isn't really kept in a swaddle all day long, you might want to consider a swaddling sleep sack, which is basically one of those pre-wrapped blankets that might have Velcros or something that keeps it together, uh, maybe brand name type stuff. This can actually really help if you find that your baby loves a swaddle but breaks free from it easily. But regardless, if you're using a blanket or a branded swaddle of some kind, definitely be sure to at least keep it loose around their hips. Swaddling too tightly here and when legs can barely move can actually lead to something called developmental dysplasia of the hip. 
So now another big risk associated with swaddling infants is overheating, and this actually increases their risk of sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS. So we definitely don't want to overheat our babies. And I think we probably already talked about this in another episode, but if you are wondering if your baby is potentially too hot, or too cold for that matter, place your fingers or hand under their shirt, up by the base of their neck, between their shoulder blades. This is usually a pretty easy place to reach when you're picking baby up and they're maybe up on your shoulder. So if baby feels hot and sweaty here, they are definitely too warm, so you may want to cool down the space, either making sure to keep the temperature between 18 to 22 degrees or thereabouts. And you might also want to take a layer off baby if there's too many, or perhaps open the window for a bit of fresh circulating air. Just some options there for helping baby to cool down a bit or to stay more comfortable when sleeping. So all of these recommendations around swaddling are that if you're choosing to swaddle your baby, that you do so with a lightweight blanket, keep it away from their face, and not too snug around the hips. This comes from the most up-to-date research with which Health Canada obviously supports. And Health Canada actually even adds that you might also want to consider having their hands free or at least near their face so that they can show you hunger cues, which I love and appreciate. So we know swaddling is okay to do when done safely and correctly, and that some babies might really benefit from it for calming purposes. But when should you stop swaddling? The answer is generally around three months of age or when baby starts rolling, whichever comes first. So this then begs the question, how do you transition them out of a swaddle? Because some of you had lots of trouble with that, while others maybe not so much, but still, we do tend to worry about these things. So here are some different ways that you can go about it. You can do one arm out at a time. You can do both arms out, but then wrap the swaddle with a bit of gentle pressure, kind of more around the chest and abdomen. So there's still some pressure there, but their arms and hands are free. Again, making sure it's not too tight around the hips. You can use what's called a a transitional swaddle, of which there are several that are almost part swaddle, part not. Um, For example, uh, if asked, I'll often refer people to try one called the zippity zip, which kind of makes your baby look like a starfish. (laughs) They're, They're in a sleep sack of sorts with their hands and arms in, but they have the ability to move them more, which may be helpful to some babies, especially if they're maybe getting really close to rolling, you're working on that transition out of that swaddle. There's also the Merlin Magic Sleep Suit, which actually has a bit of weight to it, but can help baby manage that startle reflex when being placed on their back, which is often what accompanies that struggle or that um, baby's having trouble with that transition out of the swaddle. Lastly, you can try cold turkey. Switch to a sleep sack or a sleep bag or just add a layer under their sleeper and call in a night. Actually, it may take a couple of nights, but you'll get the hang of it. They definitely will. All right. I hope this was helpful in terms of any of your questions or concerns with swaddling. So just to summarize how to best minimize any risk associated with swaddling, swaddle securely and minimize risk of unwrapping, not too tightly around the hips, legs are still able to move freely, avoid overheating, always place your babies on their backs to sleep when you're placing them down for sleep and discontinue swaddling when infants show signs of rolling over or by about three months of age, whichever comes first. And I just want to say that from a healthcare perspective, I'd really love to see more education around this. I know I do this in my prenatal classes. I provide evidence-based information so that parents can make informed decisions on what will work best for them. 
but these messages aren't being carried far enough. So definitely share this episode with anyone you know having a baby to help take one less concern or question out of their head. Looking for more? Check out birthbabysleep.ca where you'll find prenatal classes, postpartum and new baby resources, and sleep support during the childhood years. You'll also find me on Facebook and Instagram at birthbabysleep. It would be awesome if you followed us wherever you listen to podcasts, and if you can, leave a review or a rating, which goes a long way for helping others to find us. That's all for now. I'm Ashley Cooley, and we'll see you back here next time.